just because it's darker because of stupid daylight saving time does not mean that you can use that as an excuse that I can't find my way. Oh, no, I don't know where the parking spots are. They're meant to be bright colors to stand out. AMs with AJ on VFX is your reminder this morning that no excuse is that valid to park like a jack wagon. Make sure, make sure that you at least attempt. Like, there's understandable. It snows, right? Okay, that's what started Park Narcs originally. It snowed here in the parking lot, was uh, covered. People parked, couldn't remember where the spots were, and it looked terrible. And the afternoon when the snow melted, we took a picture, made fun of ourselves, and we realized... We should uh, check on this periodically. Well, that's what we do now. So even though it's a little bit darker, not a valid excuse because you're just making it that much more difficult for anybody else. If you have voted for Park Narcs, check them out. Pinned to the top of our Facebook page. Nominee number one, what you're looking at because it's a blue truck and apparently very proud of its backsize. It shows it off completely parked inside a stripy rectangle in between two special needs spots, which of course it does not have a pass for. And then there's nominee number two. Look at us. Facing the same direction. Another truck who is facing the same direction as the narker, the one who caught them and took the picture because they're driving down the alleyway, and this person has decided to park completely sideways through three freaking spots. Which one is the most annoying? You tell me. We'll find out Friday. And doing so, you can win. We will be giving out uh, uh, some passes to the Cash Valley Home and Garden Show to those that vote uh, either on Facebook or on Instagram. So all you got to do is do just that. Go to Utah's VFX and vote for which Park Narc nominee annoys you the most. And, of course, if you see terrible parking, send them to our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Utah's VFX. Speaking of talking about how daylight saving time, just because it's a little bit more darker, doesn't give you an excuse to park like a jack wagon. Also, because that may, in fact, be coming to an end. Finally, something happened that everybody agreed that they wanted. Everyone take a victory lap. High fives all the way around. The government actually did something we wanted it to. AMs with AJ on VFX. Daylight saving time may, may come to an end because apparently the Senate passed a bill to uh, end it permanently or to set it permanently, I guess, basically. It's really confusing because someone sent me the article saying that it was going to set it permanently. And I was like, that means it's going to continue forever. And I was like, ah, curses. But no, apparently... And I hate the fact that we'd have to spring forward one more time. But if it passes, so it passed the Senate, it has to go to the House and then the President. But if they both pass it, then next March we'd spring forward one more time for the last time. Which is weird because that also feels like one of those generational events. It's not in the same realm as like a stock market crash or the pandemic. But it'd be something else, right, where you saw the end of it. Because it would probably be kind of weird to explain. Because I feel like in modern times now, it's really weird to explain why we do it. Now, the downside is, is that in the winters here, especially since we don't spring forward or fall back, excuse me, fall back, then we would have those cold winters, which is rough because I mean, those days you're like, uh, do I really need a job? I mean, I don't know. This bed is pretty comfortable, but we wouldn't have to deal with it anymore. So hopefully whenever it finally is set for good, your clocks stay good forever. Otherwise, you might actually finally have to set one, and that would just be so annoying. But the government did something we wanted. Everybody complained enough that it finally happened, apparently. So high fives all around. Like The real question, I think, next is what do we fix now? 
Do we do like the day of the Super Bowl is a holiday? Um, I, I I don't know. We've just been, this one has been such a major focus. There's a couple of them out there. I don't know what else. Can we move Halloween? Make that one a holiday just so everybody can enjoy it? I think, I think really post-pandemic, everyone really just needs some extra some time for themselves. So adding another federal holiday I think would be a good way to go. And Halloween's obviously the next best one. Let's think about that. Let's get back together and then we'll collectively rage on the internet. And then in like 30 years, we'll finally win again, right? <laughs> speaking speaking of coming out of post-pandemic, we'll get into that a little bit later. I love the phrase <laughs> goblin mode. Will we ever come out of goblin mode? But that's that's to come. Right now what we're focusing on is the things that we're doing well, like getting daylight saving time changed permanently, fingers crossed, and saving money. Because I'll tell you what my motivation for saving money is. It's so friends and mostly family don't think that they get to interject choices on my eventual wedding, which happens, and I've seen it. Yeah, I'd love to have my entire set of bills and wedding completely paid for, but one thing that I have seen in my adult life is if you do not pay for your wedding, anyone that helps does seem to think more often than not they get a say in how things go. Ames with HA on VFX. And while I think it's a reasonable trade, the other idea should be, is it your wedding? No. Then the answer to the question, do I get to change anything, should also be no. But I've seen it happen. Goals Gym debate to date. And my question is, what's the biggest overstep that has happened or attempted to happen from friends or family during your wedding? Because I tell you, going through my brother's wedding, being a best man and being integral on at least the, the week Leading up to it and the day itself when everything's unfolding, it was an absolute nightmare. One of my least favorite things is so, okay, right? Tradition is you get the the bride and dad dance and you get the groom and mom dance, right? Well, what happens when you have step parents? Well, then you have to appease family. Or the other side of that is, of course, mom of the groom, mom of the bride and dad of the groom don't have necessarily traditional um Honestly, look at me moments because that's how they were treated. So I'll tell you this, my brother's wedding, we had to find some more look at me moments because people were upset that they weren't featured enough in a wedding that was about their son marrying his high school sweetheart. We couldn't focus on that. So what were your um, oversteps by friends and family, tempted or actually done? Chucky, what was yours? My uncle tried to invite some of his idiot buddies oh. to my wedding on the day of the wedding. So we told him no, and then he decided that he wasn't going to come. He refused. Yep. So then we just cut ties with him, and because that was so, pretty much the last straw, we did the right thing by inviting the dude, yep. and then he oh, has yeah. to go and be a complete jerk about it. Yeah, So no, same for my brother's wedding. Uh, my my mom was telling him, he's like, oh, you got to invite more people. You got to invite more people. And he's like, no, I've accounted for how many people that I'm paying for, and this is what we can fit. You got to invite more. People won't show up. There'll be space. He's like, look, we, we checked in with people who could show up. And then they had some last-minute cancellations. So then my brother appeased my mom by inviting some family. You know what happened? Not only did the family invited not come, other members of the family who had been invited as what seemed to be a form of protest didn't come, which my mom had said when he saw me, like, oh, they're going to be upset. My brother said, if they're going to hold a grudge over this and not understand there's a limitation of the number of people invited, I don't know that I want to be family with them anyway. And then to just protest and not say anything when you were invited specifically and made whatever the cutoff is. Unfortunately, there's a cutoff. Like, really? Really? 
Ah, oh, so obnoxious. Uh, Kylie on the line. Kylie, what was the overstep? Your friends and family. My mother-in-law showed up in a gown that was basically all white. Like, way to make it clear to everyone at the party that you hate me. It was super embarrassing on both our parts. Yeah, that's, uh, wow. Okay, so don't, don't do that. In fact, one of my responsibilities as best man, my brother gave me all powers that I will pay any legal and or police fees. If you see someone potentially proposing at our wedding, tackle them. (laughs) Look, and Kyle, look, that's miserable, but I can beat that one. Uh, at the about the same time my brother was getting married, my sister-in-law's maid of honor uh, was had been proposed to, and she was planning her own wedding. It was coming up, I want to say, two three months after my brother's wedding. And you want to so showing up in white, stealing the thunder, right? Because nobody's supposed to steal white for the bride. How about your own mother proposing to her then boyfriend and having the wedding the day before yours? My sister-in-law's maid of honor had been planning the wedding, and, and she was helping my my brother and sister-in-law set up their wedding, and she was borrowing things like there were certain pieces that she was going to use in hers and ideas she was taking to make it as simple as possible. She'd been married once before. Her mom, in like the, the three months leading up to her wedding, not only proposed her boyfriend, set the wedding like the day before her daughter's. The day before. And then, of course, pawned on her daughter to set everything up for what was a simple wedding, much simpler than her daughter's. But it was like, really? As I told my brother when I finished the wedding, I can't wait till we do this in reverse and you get to deal with all this because obviously levels of stress are already high as it is, but then you get to have that buffer there for as long as you have a good best man and maid of honor. You get to have that buffer there. I was like, oh, I cannot wait till it's your turn to handle this. As silly as those stories are and as frustrating as they are because they're family when you should be able to count on them. At least we can laugh at some strangers, and today, the ball don't lie. Karma kicks in immediately, whether it's a stolen wallet or a specific car getting both of our dumb criminals busted immediately. Yesterday, during the after show, we got into a little bit of discussion about karma and how you like to see it come to fruition, because sometimes it feels like it takes a second to do so. AMs with AJ at VFX's Florida, not well. Karma came immediately for both of our idiot criminals this morning. Uh, A Walmart employee found a wallet, had $800 in it, stole it, put the wallet away. Then when police found him, well, they found drugs too in the wallet. So he got busted because he stole from that wallet. And headline number two, man decided to uh, steal a car, got inside the car, and then uh, realized, oh, no, I've been thwarted. Stick shift. (laughs) Bring on the anti-millennial memes. The karma was immediate. It's so nice to see karma kick in immediately because it seems like so often in everyday life, I feel like you're waiting for it. And then sometimes you're like, did it, did it happen? Obviously not that you should be cheering for bad things to happen to people, but you're like, I, I'd like to see the universe balance this one out. Well, in Florida, not AMs with AJ on VFX this morning, immediately. Story number one, a Walmart employee found a wallet. And generally the idea is that you're supposed to return it. It's what you're supposed to do. But it had 800 bucks on it. He decided, well, I mean, this is my lucky day. So he took the $800 and then he put the wallet back into uh, his pocket. Well, the woman that lost it came looking for it. When they checked security footage, they realized who stole it. So he's facing theft charges. Well, while the police were searching him, they also found drugs. So because he stole that wallet, he also got busted for drugs. Karma. Story number two. 
A man was uh, decided, you know what, I just need a vehicle upgrade and I am not going to work for it. I'm just going to take that one. So he broke into the car at an intersection, attempted to steal it, and unfortunately couldn't make his getaway because it was manual. He then found another vehicle to steal. However, police quickly caught up with him because he has slowed down by the fact that he could not drive the stick shift. So he tried to bring his... It, 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 ah, crap. So he was busted immediately. Karma. So story one, story two, which one do we think is from Florida? Because you always got to ask yourself one question. Not only which was the dumb criminal, but which was the abnormally dumb? And I would say that it has to be story number one, right? Story number two is hilarious to laugh at. But what are the odds that you're really going to look in and be like, oh, wait, sorry, sorry, don't mean to be creep on you, just double-checking what kind of transmission you got before I bust into your car. Whereas story number one, if you do the good deed, maybe you get rewarded. Instead, you got drugs on you, and all of a sudden the cops show up, so you double down on your crimes there. That's the double down nobody wants. So I think I'm going to go with story number one. Unfortunately... Because that one was, unsurprisingly, because they've made way too many appearances over the last six months. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania for story number one. Regardless, it's a win because we get to see karma kick in immediately for Florida Not on VFX. Now, I, Would You Rather Wednesday is normally tough or at least an interesting choice. Before that, though, in honor of, like, bonus Florida Knot, it is not going to be a fun time because apparently Australia, at least in terms of the monsters that live there, have invaded just a little bit the United States. As if dealing with, you know, the pandemic, potentially World War III, just for this year alone wasn't bad enough? No, 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 no. Parachuting spiders and giant centipedes. Really? Need to I say more? Yeah, anybody have a friend that is like a one-upper? Like, no matter who's telling a story, they always have a story that they can beat it, and they always feel the need to do so, and all. You, you generally, you just end up rolling your eyes. I feel like that's Texas. Unfortunately, it's Texas with, I think, a lot of stupidity. Like, guys, stop. Ames with AJ on VFX, because one of the, I wouldn't say bigger stories, but one of the more terrifying stories is a spider called the Joro spider. Apparently, is now becoming very... Settled in on the East Coast. It's like the size of your palm, and it's known as the parachuting spider. Apparently, it actually first arrived in 2013, but it's all of a sudden started to thrive, so it's dominating the Eastern Seaboard, which is terrifying because it's a spider the size of your palm! Now, it's not overly poisonous, but that doesn't matter. I don't see a spider that's the size of my hand and go, oh, it's not dangerous. It just wants attention. No, I scream at a high pitch and only dogs can hear, and I run away. Nobody wants that. Not to be outdone, apparently there's a new discovery in Texas, or at least made new to me and a lot of other people. Texas has apparently the giant red-headed centipede. And I want to be very clear about something right now. Spiders are terrifying, and they're some of the deadliest creatures in the world. Centipedes are one of the most disgusting creatures that exist on this planet. I, the, my first college girlfriend was absolutely terrified of them, and it has since passed on to me because they are disgusting with all those legs. And ugh. There was one, actually two nights, she was asleep, and me, being the man of the house that I am, two of them, two different nights, uh, got into our house. The first one I killed with wood cleaner because that's all I could pull out of the cabinet fast enough to spray on it, and it died. The second one, I freaked out. It was climbing up the, uh, climbing on the carpet. I put down a paper towel on it and I just punched it and punched it in half. 
while not the toughest thing to punch in half, it felt great to protect the house from what is the most disgusting bug ever. But I, I'm going to cry myself to sleep, obviously. These are, the, these are the things of nightmares. East Coast is a spider the size of your hand. Texas has the redhead centipede, which is poison. It's just not deadly. But apparently they're very irritable. So they hide in dirt and under logs and stuff. You're more likely to run into them if you're gardening. But if you do, they're not going to take too kindly. Be like, oh, howdy, how's it going? No, no, no. They're like, what the? Oh, man. Bugs. Ugh. Too many of them. Too many of them. No need for them. Please just. Oh my gosh, that's like a terrible would you rather because the choice is would I rather face a spider the size of my hand or a centipede that's red and poisonous and angry and the answer is probably the spider like there's no win-win here but oh I'm looking at both my hands and picturing both my skin crawls okay would you rather Wednesday not that disgusting actually we're going to try and make life more convenient and I have actually one question that I think would actually be really relevant to Parknarks. Because if you get a self-automated car, don't you get built-in excuses? For realsies, if I have nothing to do with the process, like something's completely automated and something goes wrong, I don't take any of the blame in that, right? Because I'm hands-off. AMs with AJ on VFX. The reason I ask is because which would you rather have, an automated home or self-driving car? And I was thinking, I was like, oh, man, self-driving car with the travel I like to do would be really nice. Just be like, click, and then just set it and forget it. But we, we've seen stories, right, where Tesla's had some of those self-driving cars and they crash themselves. And I thought to myself, well, does the person who owns the car get in trouble for that, like insurance-wise? Because if the car's self-driving and it's just like, whatever, we're going to rear in this guy and there's nothing you can do, can you really blame the person? It's automated. Uh, so the, that was the poll. That, it's the poll today. It's on our Facebook page, Utah's VFX. And overwhelmingly at, at early on, Home is winning. Tiffany said, home for sure. I switched Wi-Fi. haven't updated all my smart plug switches, cameras. I didn't realize how convenient they were until they stopped working. Uh, Terrace is completely automated. Home, hands down. I like to drive. Ashley says, home, because even when I put cruise control on, I feel weird. And then the answer we all were expecting. Sylvia said, neither. It's creepy. Which I'm kind of thinking, so the automated home, maybe just maybe feeling a little bit of the smart home vibes, that old Disney movie. Classic, by the way. So the home goes crazy on its own and decides, no, 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 no. Look, I know what's best, and that's you not leaving. Everything you need is right here. And there is, look, at the end of the day, I think it would be extremely difficult to trust the car. Regardless if I'm not going to be at fault or if I am, uh, it would be very difficult to take your hand. Like, it would be weird to take your hands off the steering wheel for an extended period of time. Like, especially at the interstate and be like, here you go. Because, like, ultimately, the fantasy is you can set it, mark a destination, you could fall asleep. But I don't think that anxiety would ever go away to the point where you're like, I'm good with this. You just wake up and all of a sudden you're driving in the desert and you're like, where are we going? Cars like, well, we had to go west. We're going west. We're going the most direct route. Ugh. Automated home, though, to me is 100% the answer because... Specifically, if I could find a way to have like a floor that like flipped itself over and then it organized stuff underneath the floor so you had a clean floor on top, that would be that would be the best. But it is cool. My buddy's got the he's got the smart thermostat, he's got the lights controlled by all that. It is nifty. While not something I necessarily want on the top of my list, maybe ahead of a maid. Definitely cool. That is 100% my vote. What would you want though? An automated home or self-driving car? Utah's VFX on our Facebook page. Now, 
with the pandemic, an automated car or an automated home, either would be welcome, right? Because you can stay away from people with automated car. You don't have to worry about that. Germs touching anything. With automated home, well, you're spending a lot of time there. It'd be nice to make it easier. The question is, as the pandemic starts to wind down, one of my favorite phrases ever, are we actually going to come out of goblin mode? You know what? I do feel like a goblin. AMs with AJ on VFX. I apparently missed when goblin mode became a thing, but that's the description of dealing with the pandemic where you hide in the dark of your house and you kind of eat junk food and watch trash TV. Yeah, I definitely feel like a goblin. So when the question came out, do we ever think that goblin mode will come to an end as the pandemic starts to wind down? I'm on board. I think that's absolutely hilarious because it's a perfect way to describe it. Kind of like the transformation Golem makes in uh, you know Lord of the Rings, right? start to feel like your skin gets a little bit paler, start to hunch over a little bit and just start to mutter things to yourself as you slowly slip into insanity by yourself. I definitely felt like that the month I worked from home. That was absolutely atrocious. But very simply put, being inside all of that, do you think goblin mode will come to an end? Sydney's on the phone. What do you think? I think it's definitely going to happen. I miss going out and dressing up to go somewhere. And at this point, (laughs) it doesn't even matter where. I just want to feel like a real person again. (laughs) I I mean, fair, definitely fair. Feeling like a real person on board. And, you know, the funny thing, like, of course, my initial reaction is definitely, yeah, why would it not change? Because I like to travel. But the thing I think about it is the more that this goes in to a little bit, I think that goblin stays with me. Because Ashley, my girlfriend, has been super big on going back to concerts. And I've been, eh, sporting events, eh. I like to travel, but it's just generally my family. Like we're around people, but I don't find myself in big crowds and stuff like that. And maybe once the first time I finally crack back into that, crack the eggshell on that and get into doing it again, it'll be fine. But I find myself, I think, retaining some of my goblin, harnessing a little bit of the goblin on the inside. I mean, I don't know. Is there anyone that thinks that it's just not going to go anywhere? Is it going to stick with you at least for a little bit? Uh, Jay's on the phone. What do you say, Jay? I doubt it. I've gotten quite comfortable just being lazy around the house. Mm. I think a little goblin mode is fine every now and then. I mean, definitely. Over the past couple of years, I've made it so I don't have to go out all the time for everything. See, but then when you say it that way, like, I'm on board. was like, ah, I think there's going to be some stuff that doesn't change. But then when you say it that way, I'm like, that doesn't sound good, though. Like, it just feels like I need to participate in life. I don't know. Do you think that goblin mode will will end for you or completely end? Like, will you go back to 100% the way you were before? Because I think everybody misses some of the stuff that we couldn't be able to do, or at least initially when the pandemic hit. But I found myself still not really participating in terms of, like, going to sporting events, going to concerts. I don't know when I'm ever going to see a movie again, to be honest with you. I've sat in a movie theater in three years now, it seems like, and... Everyone's like, oh, I got to see Spider-Man. I wanted to see Spider-Man. Didn't see it. Got to see Batman. I wanted to see Batman. Still haven't seen it. That one, I don't know that it'll change. It's just something in me broke about movie theaters, and I don't know that I'm going to make it back. Yes, I want Goblin Mode to end, but something feels like I'm going to retain Goblin Mode going forward. And then hopefully hopefully it's not the case, though, because then it feels like something I'll look back and be like, ah, oh, man, in my 30s, I was a real hobgoblin. Really should have Really should have done some more. You know, ironically enough, yesterday we were talking about what was the financial tip that you wish that you had picked up earlier. When the after show with Producer Butters and Meemaw, we started talking about what were some of the things or maybe advice you wish you could give younger self. And Producer Butters absolutely nailed it on the head. 
Now, acknowledging that maybe, just maybe, we don't want to change our current present, I think it's human to at some point think, ah, man, I wish I could just have these little bits of information because it would have made certain roadblocks much easier, would have sped up my progress in life. Ams with AJ on VFX. Not necessarily regret, not necessarily longing, just a realization that maybe, just maybe, there was even someone who gave you that advice at some point. You wish you were smart enough to be at least a little bit more open-minded about it. In the after show yesterday, that was a very simple topic with producer Butters and Mima. What is the one piece of advice or a piece of advice you wish you could give younger you? And I'll tell you what, producer Butters absolutely nailed it. There's a class that you take when you're going through ad- puberty, right? There's a, they like have a like health a, class? It's not a health class, but there's like a class that they have here that oh, kind okay. of it explains like what's going on. Like right. it's a, yeah. I, I can't remember if it's like part of the class, but it's kind of, anyways. The the one thing that I remember it saying, if you are a little bigger, Uh, start working out or losing that weight because preaching the choir because it will not go away. And I'm like, well, I'm not that big; it'll all stretch out because you know I'm going to get bigger. Nope, it just got bigger with me. One hundred percent, he's on, and not even just the working out thing. How about just flat out not eating like trash? Like if that was if there was anything like working out would be a good habit to instill in a younger me, but just not needing to try and eat as much fast food food as humanly possible would ideally be the way that I would tell myself like it, let's just let's be a little bit more responsible in our choices. But what is say younger younger you twenties you? What is the one thing you regret not doing? You wish you could tell yourself, hey, do this. Uh, Katie's online. Katie, what is it for you? Yeah, the one thing I really regret not doing in my 20s is taking better care of my skin. You know, I'm 35 years old. I can already see sunspots, and I'm still trying to cover up, you know, acne, you know, and stuff fading mad. And I don't know, what. how stupid am I? All that time I should have just been doing what they tell you to do with retinol and all that. Now, forgive me. This may be different between men and women. Maybe there was something they were telling you. I can tell you from a guy's perspective, nothing. I, I feel like we just, we're, skin is, we're indestructible. Like, we're not even going to worry about it. Do I think I should have taken better care? Probably. I don't share that regret with you. Honestly, mine was I wish that I'd just taken things more seriously. High school was a breeze for me, and then I got to college, and I had no idea how to properly study, and so it just made life last that much longer as opposed to getting a jump start on certain things. Like, just being able to... Like, border, basically borderline commit, I think, sort of what is what it is. Just being able to sit down and focus on certain things was mine. That is the one thing I wish I could tell younger me. It's the one thing I regret not doing more in my 20s is just focusing. I didn't figure it out until, like, my late 20s, and then it finally started to have impact on my life. But I wasted so much time getting to that point. And again, not to say that I'm unhappy with my present, because I know that's always, oh, the butterfly effect. But I think that you acknowledge like there are just certain roadblocks you've seen yourself go through life that you wish you could ease that transition because then you would get to the good point faster and be hopefully more well-rounded, a better person, be able to handle a couple of things or be even further ahead. I think it's human to think that way and hopefully at least impart that knowledge onto some other people because the other frustrating thing that all producer butters, Mima and all I all agreed on is we're all older siblings and trying to do that with with uh, your younger siblings is like the most frustrating thing. It's like a sick, sick, ironic game of karma for yourself for not doing it, not listening your time growing up. Earlier for Would You Rather Wednesday, while you're commenting on our Facebook page for a chance to win some comedy tickets, 
uh, to the event center tomorrow night. Question was, would you like an automated house or self-driving uh, car? And right now, automated house is winning, and that was my choice as well. My question is, I got company coming, and it's slightly stressful from the standpoint of you don't want to look like absolute slobs, even though he's one of my best friends. But if there was just one thing, there was one thing you had to clean that would at least it would take down the mass, most amount of stress, what would it be? Your life hack of the day is if you want to actually clean your house, invite company over. And if you find that you're inviting company over and that doesn't motivate you to at least clean up a little bit, I think that's the sign that you need to maybe get help and reevaluate a little bit. AMs with AJFX, Cole's Jim Debate at 8. Because Ashley and I keep setting this goal that we're going we're gonna to maintain and do these chores week in and week out, and then it just gets easy to get away from them. But Buddy's coming in town. All the motivation we need to finally get some of those chores done that we needed to. My question is, a little bit of a crunch time because I got the day wrong. I actually thought he was coming yesterday. Thank goodness I texted him. Is what's the one thing that has to be clean? Like what is it gives you stress or gives you anxiety if it's left unclean, especially if company's coming over? Because sometimes maybe, maybe, just maybe, and this is not me being lazy, wink, but maybe, just maybe, you got to make some sacrifices and try and get the best of it clean. Uh, Caitlin's on the phone. What, what What's the one thing for you? So I hate when there's clutter on my coffee table. Like it doesn't matter what's going on in the rest of the house, but if the coffee table is clean, I believe the house is clean. I just think it looks terrible if there's dirty cups, books, you know, a hundred random remotes strewn across the center of your living room. Okay, wait a second. Hold on on the remote thing. Where else are you supposed to put them? Like the coffee table is the exact spot. It's the center spot where everybody, look, I disagree wholeheartedly. Cups, yes, I agree with that. Bad news, Caitlin. Coffee tables are definitely the catch-alls in my house. Well, one of the catch-alls in my house because I don't have a dining room table. So that is the place, like, I come home, wallet keys, whoosh, right there on the coffee table. That is 100% the catch-all, so that does not bother me. But, look, you're, you're a little off basis there, I think, with the remote as a whole. One thing you have to have clean, otherwise it gives you anxiety. Uh, Jack, what is it for you? Yeah, so I can't relax if the kitchen sink has a lot of things in it. I mean, a few small dishes, okay, okay. but if it has more than that, then it's time to clear it out. Like, no way am I letting that sit like that overnight. Man, this is making me feel like a slob because, Jack, my kitchen, like, I, I'm with you. I, I'm glad that you're reasonable. Like it, not it has to be empty. Cause I watch those dishwasher commercials, right? And they're like, we run it every night. I'm like, really? You're gonna run it for like four plates in one pot? Like, I, I ain't trying to pretend to be green or anything, but that seems like an absolute waste. Like, do you really need it that clean? My kitchen, the sink though, we have the double sink, and so generally our rule of thumb, supposedly, is that when one side gets filled up, that's when it's time to do the dishes because we're not gonna fill up both sides because we need a functioning sink in the kitchen. But it has been overdue for a second. I, it will get done because that, to me, like my my friend came in and saw that, that would make me feel bad because I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, it's bad. It's bad. But I think I tell you, the number one thing that bugs me, I think it would, it would have to be the floor. And not all of the floor because there's like still junk strewn around my living room floor. But we got, it was just such stuff that gets set down. I got to clean up and just, you should be able to walk, right? That is the one thing that bugs me and gives me anxiety. And as someone who doesn't follow my own rules and like we set stuff down all the time, that's the thing that gets me. I will tell you, I never understood two, two people, the people who pile stuff on their own beds and the people who leave stuff in their cars. And I don't mean just any stuff, like, like food containers and stuff. Because the bad thing, like you got to go there. So if you're just going to push it down, why not just find an area to catch all? I'm not like trying to explain away your laziness, but I understand why you put it on the bed. 
And it's the car thing, like, actually, my buddy visiting used to be, I used to hate driving in his car because he'd have, like, it wouldn't have bowls. He would take, like, Tupperware containers. Apparently, he ate cereal in on the way to wherever he went is the only thing I could think of because he'd have them in there. There'd be cans and cups. I'm like, how? Like, this is gross. Like, I got some catch-all junk in the back of my car now. It's nothing that's going to rot and stink up the car. Those people never made any sense to me. Ugh. Speaking of uh, clean, cleanliness, sort of, but in terms of you know staying organized at least, there's a new life hack on the internet that I am not sure what to make of. At the grocery store, and I think Smith's actually gives you a little bit, a small discount if you bring in reusable bags, right? Because they're trying to get rid of the plastic bags. One lady saves all of that because I never remember to bring mine and gives you all the space possible so you don't have to worry about bringing a bunch of bags, carrying them, even taking your shopping cart. I'm just not sure I'm ready to look like a sociopath yet. Now, I can't remember a time that I've had difficulty with a shopping cart, but I imagine if I was lugging something behind me while trying to push a shopping cart, that wouldn't really go well, which is another strike in the negative column for this supposed life hack. AMs with AJ on VFX. It's a Gold's Gym debate today, but apparently... Woman has gone viral because she decided she solved the life hack for grocery store shopping. Because they have reusable bags, and hopefully you remember to bring them. I always forget mine. Well, you're going to remember if you forget your suitcase when you go grocery shopping, because I think that would stand out to you. But she takes it with her. She still uses a shopping cart to shop. Then when she gets to checkout, she just loads it up in her suitcase, hand rollies it out, and it's done. I just feel like... It is not perceptually a good thing to look at because how do you not suspect that person is cheating? Like in all seriousness, how do you 100% not suspect that person is cheating? And then if someone asks, you know, of course, most most people generally freak out about it. I, I, I don't feel like the suitcase is a solution to the shopping cart because, yes, you can put everything... The, all the stuff in the, the suitcase afterwards. And frankly, also, based on her suitcase, which looks like it's about... No, it's a, it's a big one. It's about thigh high. So, yeah, I think that would fit in a lot of stuff. But some of those trips you go there, there's some delicate stuff there. You want to put that on top. You know, the suitcase. Uh, uh. Look, it is a challenge to fill my suitcase when I come home, especially from international travel, because you're limited to just 50 pounds. And there are souvenirs that I am bringing home. So I'm well-versed in finding creative ways to fill a suitcase. I just... I don't feel like this is this is necessarily the life hack. You cut out the bags, sort of, so that's cool. But ultimately, like pushing the shopping cart out and putting the shopping cart away, to me, is not that big a deal. I put other people's shopping carts away because if you don't put yours away, you're a huge douche. So, yeah, I just feel like it looks weird and it's not actually quite the solution. Like again, the who cares what people think? But just what would someone? Someone walks by you from the grocery store rolling a, tr- a suitcase. Double take. Like, what? Where? What is that? Why? Why do they have that? Did they steal? Did they check that? And to be honest, when's you remember any time you've gone through a store that those you walk through those metal detectors? Anytime those freaking things go off, what happens? Bump, bump, bump. You're good. Just go. You're good. I don't even care. I think you probably could steal. I'm not encouraging it. It's not okay. Don't do it. Speaking of stealing. So in the modern age, and not to deny that there are probably people constantly trying to steal our identities and get any relevant information they can on us, but one of the focuses is, is how hackable is your password? 
And I feel like this has just started to fall on deaf ears. Like, do you really care? Because I got to be honest, eh. But maybe, just maybe, a breakdown of how easy our passwords are hackable will make us feel the fear. When it comes to passwords, there are two types of people in this world. There are those that just have kind of their same rotation and they don't care whether they get the warning or not. And there are those that actually go out of their way to change it constantly to try and feel some modicum of security. AMS with AJ on VFX. And I think most of us fall in that. These are the four that I like. These are the four that I'm going to stick with. If some of them ask me to do a special care or capitalize, I'm going to change it and that's it. So... How hackable is your password? Because it seems to be one of the things that's focused on recently in the age of digital security. You get all these warnings like, your password is going to be so hackable, you got to change it, they're at risk. Basically, here's what it boils down to. Anything less than 12 characters is pretty easy to crack. No matter if you got exclamation points, numbers, whatever it is, anything less than 12 characters is pretty easy to crack. The thing that's kind of nuts is, so... Is six characters less instantly crackable. Ten characters can be done in three days. Eleven characters, five months, and at 12, 24 years. Apparently, if you really want to feel secure, you got to have 18 characters because that would take 438 trillion years to crack, which I thought was a number they just made up, but they used it twice in this, uh, this post, so it must be true. And the funny thing is, so my dad is one of those people that changes characters. He has his little notebook. Like a tiny one, right? Like the detectives write in, like the size of your hand. And what he does is about every three months to six months, banking accounts, whatever it is, the important stuff, not everything, but the important stuff, he changes the passwords. And the thing is, my brother and I have joked about this. I'm pretty sure it's just sort of generally the same combination of use information that he uses for all the other passwords. Just certain things get added. And at the end of the day... I know that it's not 18 characters long. I will say, I did, I signed up the other day, it was for Twitch actually, and it was like, you want to use the suggested password? And I just clicked yes, and I saved it because that's the thing is you could save it, which kind of makes, goes back to making it insecure. But the funny thing is like, oh, so it's more secure. And then I was like, oh, well, I'll never need to use it. It's saved. It's fine. And then I was like, oh, I should log in up. I can't. I have no idea what that password is. Like the same thing for my access to Utah's VFX. If I'm outside of the building, I have no idea how to get into it because it's like 25 characters long and it's completely saved here. Otherwise, nothing. Because that's what it's about. Ultimately, your passwords, while they provide security, is about being simple so you can keep them in your head. That's why we rotate through the same four. I have a, a credit card that it's one of my normal rotations of passwords, but it's just slightly different. And every time I try and log into it, I get locked out the first time because I can never remember which combination it is. I, we, I, just, we, I don't think anybody cares. You don't want it hacked, obviously, right? Nobody wants their stuff hacked. But at the end of the day, you're also like, what, like just whatever. Leave me alone. I don't care about this. That's, that's generally, there's people trying to protect us. The general advice to protect our security, our financial efforts, our, inf- our identities. That's a priority. And then, of course, in Russia, there's someone who decided to chain themselves to a fast food restaurant as a sign of protest. And, well, you know, that's, that's a priority also. That is a priority also. Do you have a place you love so much you would chain yourself to it to not see it go? And look, if there's anything we've learned, I think, over the last couple years is that people will do a lot of crazy things for their politics. AMs for AJ on VFX. And when I found out that a man chained himself to a McDonald's to protest the fact that they had pulled out of Russia as part of all the stuff going on, right? Because there's the invasion and they're being sanctioned and businesses saying no. 
and they lost, uh, was it the Euro Cup? Just all these sorts of things, right? Well, because of that, very large man handcuffed himself to McDonald's. It was closing down. Said was uh, wasn't supporting Ukraine or anything. He was just upset at McDonald's for picking sides. It was protesting that McDonald's was closing. Kudos. He believes very strongly about that. I think it's a little bit nuts. I think the funniest thing is actually paying a fine for hooliganism. So the question is, it's like, okay, so would I chain myself to a restaurant to not see it close or not see it go? And the answer ultimately, I think, is no. I definitely have some favorites that I don't want to go anywhere, but. You know, I like food, so I'll figure it out. The real thing I thought, though, if I was really going to, if I was going to find something to chain, to handcuff myself to a building or to chain myself to a building to really protest, I figured out what it would be. It would be to stop putting businesses on Main Street. Not that I don't want the businesses to come. Everyone's excited about the Zubas and, the, and we got the hamburger place and all that. I'm good with that. Just stop putting them on Main Street. It's already an unmitigated nightmare to get through there. That is definitely something I would chain myself to a building. Like, just put them somewhere else, a block off, a couple of blocks off. Stop putting it all on Main Street. Because, like, if you've been to Culver's, Culver's to me is a prime example of why I'm terrified of them continuing to add stuff on Main Street. Because that whole corner maneuvering through that, whether you're just driving through, whether you're going to Culver's and coming out, it is awful. It is so bad. So putting more restaurants with really limited space where the drive through is going to be a nightmare because we've seen the response with the what was it, uh, D- D- Dutch Brothers, right, where they had to have police officers to handle traffic on Main Street. I'm sorry. That shouldn't be something we have to deal with. Stop putting the businesses directly on Main Street. Move them literally anywhere else. Bring them to the valley. Put them anywhere else. It is awful. So awful. That is the one thing that I would. That was one thing I would handcuff myself to, and I'm not going to. Mayor Holly Dates comes in here once a week for discussion. I don't even bring police with her sometimes. I'm not going to. But if there's one thing restaurant related that would get me to handcuff myself to a building, it would be to try and clear up some of the congestion on Main Street. Am I a hero? No. I just care about the people of Cache Valley. What can I find on Facebook to make sure that it continues to not be a total toxic waste dump of a place to go? AJ Knight, find me on Facebook for VFX's Facebook roulette. And this one is good. So two things. One, obviously we know what time of year it is. I landed on my friend um, Alana, and she shared the cereal bracket. So seated 1 through 16, top cereals. I'm sure there's some omissions there, but that's some people are going to get left out. The question is, which cereal is best? So I'll share that on Facebook because I think that's super interesting. But on top of that, um, my podcast also has a bracket group. If you're interested in making one and joining, I'll share that a little bit later. So you can jump in and join. It'll just be fun. Um, We'll shout you on the podcast if you do awesome because I'm pretty confident Cody and Audrey are going down. But that's come on Facebook uh, roulette. Second, had some tickets to give away for tomorrow night at the event center. Uh, Spence Roper's performing comedy. So big congratulations to Tiffany and Heather. They each win a pair of tickets, so they're going to get hooked up to go see that tomorrow. If you want to go, you can go to, I believe, loganevents.com or definitely the Greek Street because it's downstairs of where the event center is, where the performance is. If you want to go check that out, I know they're having comedy nights fairly regularly. I think almost weekly, it seems, or a couple times a week. 
And then for everything else, Utah's VFX, find and follow us across all social media. Same for the podcast. If you miss anything on uh, the show or want to go back and find something, one of your favorites from last week, last month, two years ago, it's there. Utah's VFX, face, uh, excuse me, iHeartRadio app, iTunes, Spotify, wherever podcasts can be found, we are there. Let us rejoice over the weather, though hopefully, fingers crossed, the canyon is not too bad because that's one of the things that gives me anxiety. I do not like driving through the canyon, so hopefully it's fine because i got to go pick my buddy up from the airport later today. Till tomorrow morning for AMs with AJ. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. And thanks for listening to VFX.